When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Wondering what's next in your business or personal life? Welcome to Success to Significance, Life After Breaking Through Glass Ceilings, a podcast dedicated to helping you with all of life's challenges, discoveries, and opportunities. Whether you're seeking a new career, retirement, or simply wanting to make an impact in your community or the world, join Jen Duplessis and her guests as they explore how to start, what to do when you're in the thick of a change or growth, and how to leave a mark in this world after breaking through your next achievement. You are moments away from the aha you've been seeking. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode. I am delighted to have my guest with me today, Bill Bloom, who is the founder of Retire As You Desire Lifestyle. Let me take this opportunity to introduce him to you. He's a husband and father, family first, and I absolutely love that. But he works specifically with high-level entrepreneurs and grateful people to truly get their money in order. And so welcome to the show, Bill. Happy to have you. Uh, Jen, this is such an honor. You are incredible at what you do. So thank you for having me on the show. Absolutely. So let's, let's just dig in right away. This is a challenge that, and I'm hearing this quite a bit um, lately is, you know, we know about EQ, we know about IQ. And I was interviewing someone who talked about financial cue, like FQ, right? Um, or And this is becoming really, really a, a very big topic. And why is it a topic right now? I mean, other than the fact that it's always been a topic, but why is everyone so consumed with getting their finances in order right now? I think during the pandemic, during these couple of years, it has really made your money issues so much more prominent because you're staying at home you're not spending as much money as you normally would have if you're traveling to an office or going out and even though in theory you should be saving money a lot of people haven't i've read a lot of reports saying that the consumer is flush with cash and i don't know if that's particularly true i really don't because your habits really dictate how your money goes it yeah. really comes down to your habits and when we're kids, yeah. when we're kids, we never go to school and learn about money. We learn about math, arithmetic, reading, writing, but never about money. Yeah. Well, and I agree with you because I think that, you know, while we're not maybe spending in this pool, we're sitting at home and we're doing Amazon and online and Uber Eats. So we're still going out to eat, right? Because because that's happening. I think that there's you know <laughs> less spending, but I think that there's right. I'm sorry, less uh yeah, less spending outside of the house, but more spending inside of the house. So do you think that that people are thinking about this literacy because they lack the um extra cash you know their their cash flow is lower at the end of the month or because they've been able to save more money and they don't know what to do with it so now they're saying you know which which is it i mean do you think there's a percentage of of people in either of those categories definitely both 
there's definitely both, especially when you have people getting stimulus money. Um, I've had a lot of questions. What do you do with this? What should I do with this? And when you look at percentages, when all, what all these reports show, I really try not to pay attention to those because a lot of them are incorrect. They're not taking the big um, group of people in that category. I mean, they don't talk to everyone. So I don't really follow those percentages. I see it on a day-to-day -day basis. And the people who have been saving those stimulus checks or putting money away, I see them redoing their house, like redoing a bathroom. One of my really good friends is a landscaper and he's doing quarter million, million dollar build outs in people's backyards. Like people are spending crazy amounts of money and he's booked two years out now Yeah, because of it. Yeah. So just to spend yeah. that kind of money because you're staying at home is just incredible. It's absolutely incredible. So the one thing that has to out to me during this pandemic is the fact that people still don't have reserves. That was one study that I read and I didn't pay attention to the number, but it said so many people, it was over 50%, don't even have a thousand dollars for emergency. Oh my God. And that's the, yeah. I mean, that was shocking. Yeah, that's, that's really, yeah. I mean, what is it about, um, and I'm going to speak to Americans now. I mean, I'm sure this could be in other countries because this podcast is there, but what is it about having money flow? When people say cash flow, I always think, yep, you're letting it flow right through your hands, <laughs> right, right onto the <laughs> ground. That's, that's it. Or is that the kind of cash flow we're talking about? Um, why is it, do you think that, you know, when we have, it's like burning a hole in our pocket, right? Burning a hole. And we don't think about the future until it's too late. Uh, why is it that, that it continues to be a problem? And what do you think is a resolution for it, given the fact that, you know, you're talking about um, or that your target market is people who have finally awoken to the fact that enough is enough. Mm -hmm. Well, it goes, it always comes down to your habits, mm -hmm. going out, spending money, Amazon, like Amazon shows up to our house all the time and we have a new baby coming. Yeah. So that's, we have purpose for a lot of those things, but still we don't need a lot of things, right? We're having another boy. So I'm just using ourselves as an example because right. you have to tell yourself the truth. When you tell yourself the truth, that's when all progress starts. So the entrepreneurs and the high-level folks that I work with, a lot of them still don't even know where their money should go. And I think that's the core problem for the majority of Americans. Once you get a dollar, where should you put it? Do you pay off debt? Do you pay off your student loans? Do you pay off your mortgage, your car note, right? We talk about the American dream, go get into debt, buy a big old house, Right. go get a big old car, yeah. go get into debt, take out credit card, more debt, terrible debt, by the way. Yes, non-preferred. Things that are, are going to keep you in debt, going to college. You can learn a lot of things online that you don't even need to go to school for anymore. Not for everything, but we're taught to stay in debt. And we have to ask ourselves, why is that? Yeah. So, so what do you recommend to people then, you know, since you are the, you know, I'm, I keep looking for it here. I want to make sure I get retire as you desire lifestyle. How do you help people start, you know, uh, shining a light on 
yeah, how do I want to retire? And rather than today, the earn money, spend money, earn money, spend money, how do, how do you get them to shine that light on and increase their awareness of, of the need to do it sooner rather than later? I love it when people want to take action now. When you overthink things, you delay it for years, a lot of the times you see. Yeah. And then you're just losing time. You don't have all the time in the world. You think to yourself, you know what, I'll take care of it in the future. I'll get better with my money habits in the future. And you're burning a hole in your pocket. That's the hard part. So the thing that I love to teach people and ask them is what is your purpose? Mm -hmm. Why do you get up? Why do you love doing what you do? Do you love your job? If I'm working with someone who works for a company, do you actually love what you do? If you weren't getting paid, does it make sense to continue on doing what you're doing? That's a big motivation factor. And a lot of the times the answer is no. Mm -hmm. Even for entrepreneurs who have done multi-million dollar companies, even they get stuck. Right. It happens to a lot of people. And when you get more money, the more you see it go out the door, more debt gets accumulated. And Jen, you and I both know it's not the right kind of debt. Right. There's a big difference. Yeah. So understanding what your purpose and your passion is with your life, that comes first. And then what I do is I help people figure out how much does it cost to actually live that lifestyle that you've dreamed? There's always a price tag to that. You have to reverse engineer it. And that's how I help people is figure out what is it going to cost? What do you do step by step to get that? Yeah. What do you say to people that are in their fifties that didn't save that went through, you know, the great recession and, you know, and went through the uh, internet debacle, right? When we lost all kinds of money in our 401ks and things like that, even before that, the um, great recession, what do you say to people like that who feel like, you know what, maybe I'm just done. I'm lost. I can't do it. I can't retire as I want to. I'm just going to work till I'm 90 years old. And so I'm just going to, um, the old commercial of time to make the donuts, right? Just waking up every morning, yeah. time to make the donuts. What do you just say to someone like that who just doesn't see a light at the end of the tunnel, or maybe the light they're seeing is a freight train coming their way, right? Yeah, um, it's overwhelming. It yeah. definitely is. So if you're in your fifties, watching this, listening to this, Understand your bad debt first, because if you can eliminate that piece by piece, systematically, understand what to pay off first, that's going to be the name of the game for you, because you do need cash flow in retirement, and Social Security is going to be your foundation, and if you have a pension, but if you had saved, exactly, I see you shaking your head, that's the hard part, Right. is that over two thirds, and this is a social security stat, over two thirds of people receiving social security, that's their only income. Yeah, sad. Which is incredible to me. I don't know how that's possible, but pay off your debt if you can and start to get those little money habits that you're doing poorly, get them in order. Actually take a binder, take a little notepad, write down everything that you spend money on for one day. Just bring a pen and paper with you and see where you're spending money. Do it for a week in a row. Sit down at the talk to your spouse about this. Have them do it too. See what you're both doing. See where you're missing opportunities to make you money. 
Yeah. Um, I mean, that's sort of a Dave Ramsey approach, right? As well. I mean, that's a Dave Ramsey thing that I, I remember, you know, us, um, we took the Dave Ramsey class and I don't agree with everything he says, especially, you know, having been in the mortgage business for years, I don't agree with everything. Not everyone can buy their house with cash. Um, and right. I like, I like leverage. I like leverage for the right things. Um, and, uh, you know, but that's, that's exactly what he said is that sometimes, and especially now, and I think there's like three phases of this, when you hand over money, the strut, the, the, uh, fear, your pulse goes up when you hand over money, when you hand over a check, it, it's not as bad as the cash, but, but it's still bad. Right. And then when you hand over a credit card, it's even less. Right. Mm -hmm. And, or even a debit card, when you hand over a debit card, it has an impact on you. But when you hand over a credit card, it is the least impactful for us. And I think that, especially with online, it's so easy to just click a button and click a button and, you know, move on. And we have absolutely no idea, you know, what we're spending and no one is balancing checkbooks like they used to. You know, mm -hmm. we, we don't even get the ver the printed version, right? It's all digital. And so we just go, oh, yep, we got it. It's there. That's nice. We don't go through it. We don't look at subscriptions. <laughs> right? oh, I'll buy this for seven days and then they don't tell you and you've had this, you know, subscription forever and you have to make a phone call and go, who are you? Oh, I've had it for five years. You know, where the group that <laughs> money have gone? I mean, that money could have gone someplace else. Um, so when you talk about, uh, you know, working with uh, high level entrepreneurs, and I'm sure that if, if anyone wants to chat with you, that you will um, define what a high level entrepreneur is for them, because someone may be saying, well, hey, I, I maybe I'm not that high level, but what specifically do you do for high level entrepreneurs as opposed to someone who just has a job? You've given some great um, ideas on how to manage your money and how to look for things, you know, in, in your practice and how to pay off your, I mean, not your practice, but in your life and how to pay off your debt. Um, and so that helps everyone. What do you do specifically for the high end entrepreneurs in helping, uh, helping them? Because high end means I'm making lots of money. It's partly money. And the other part of that is they have to be grateful mm -hmm. and they have to be actual human beings. If there's someone who's, it's me, 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 I don't work with them. I do work with people who work at companies or has, if they've been an executive or a vice president somewhere, it's not just high level entrepreneurs, right? but I understand what they go through. I understand what these folks live through. Now, here's what I take them through and here's what my whole process is. I'll tell you everything um, because I want to make things very transparent. If you're an entrepreneur, you have to ask yourself, if I remove myself from the business, how would I live? What would I do with my time? Where is my purpose? Where is my passion? Those two things always go hand in hand, your purpose right. and your passion. We have to figure that out first because you could have all the money in the world and if you're lost, there's no point. Right. It's just a tool. It's an arbitrary measure of status. Right. Now, if you actually understand what your purpose is, like if you've worked for a company for 30 years and you get to age 60 and say, you know what? I just want to spend as much time as possible with my grandkids because that's what I love doing. What does that cost? Right. To figure out the numbers and let the numbers do the talking. I've had other people who I work with They've stopped working in their 40s and 50s, started a company, and I help them figure it out. What's right. it going to cost from a capitalization standpoint? So there's always a price tag to that, and that's where I come into play to simplify it for people. 
Yeah. Okay. So, so yeah, it's definitely helping them understand the um, accumulation of money the expenditure of money and what the right balance is to ensure that they have the lifestyle that they want, you know, later on before it's too late, <laughs> right? Before it's too late. How did you, how did you get into this line of work? Where did that come from? Well, we'll start back when I was a kid because my parents could never, ever figure out money. Mm -hmm. Never. They always had money issues. They always fought over it. I remember hearing, how are we going to pay the mortgage? How do we pay this? How do we pay that? And I always thought to myself, I don't ever want to be in that position mm -hmm. when I'm older, when or if I have children. And now that I have one child, another one on the way, it's just something that I never, ever wanted to experience. That's a nightmare for me. And when I went through college, there was a financial advisor who was teaching one of our finance courses. And I thought to myself, you know what? I like what, I like what this gentleman's saying. I think I could understand this. And I really took a firm grasp to that. And it just clicked with me. And I've been in the financial world since 2008, right out of college. So it's just been just an incredible journey. I mean, talk about a time to come into the financial world, 2008. Yeah. Oh, that's why I giggled about it. Yeah, that's why I was like, ouch. <laughs> Ouch, that's it. Although it's sort of like buy low and sell high, right? <laughs> you might as well right. start there. Uh, you never know when you're at your bottom until you go past that, right? And you go, oh, that was the that was the low point. Um, yeah. And so, you know, as you're telling that story, you know, I'm reminded of the fact that that's exactly what happened in our family. You know, we were always, my parents were always fighting about money. And, you know, and we said, look, we're not going to, we're going to give our kids you know, pathways to start right away. So if someone's listening to this or watching and they, they're they saying, you know, hey, you've mentioned a couple of times you're having a child, your second child, we've talked about grandkids, you know, I have grandkids. What is something someone can do to get them on the right track right from the get-go to, ed I'm sorry, the get-go to educate themselves, um, these, these children and educate them, um, the parent or the grandparent along the way with them. So what, you know, gosh, well, and here, let me tell you, you know, when I was in, I'm 58. So when I was in high or in kindergarten every week, not kindergarten, grade school, every week we would have a little, you know, we had a, we all opened up savings accounts. It was part of what we used to do. And we used to bring our little dollar in every week and hand it off to the person they could put it in the bank. And, that's not there anymore. So what can we do to help our, the next generations, but then help ourselves in the process? I think you should set up a brokerage account, an investment account for your kids or grandkids and actually show it to them. When they're three, four, five, they're not going to know the, the full value of this. They're not going to fully understand, but it's more about consistency. Mm -hmm. So when they get that birthday money or communion money or Christmas money, whatever the case may be, invest that money with, with them, mm -hmm. sit them down at the computer because they're going to be on their computers, their phones, their laptops forever. Mm -hmm. That's the future. So yeah. get them used to that now, show them on your phone and tell them if the markets are down, simply say to them, you know what, son or daughter, grandson, granddaughter, when the stock markets are down, it might be a good time to buy. So why don't we buy some investments for you? Because I want you to make money. Right. That's the message. And just be consistent with that. It doesn't matter if it's $5. Right. There are brokerage platforms that will allow that. Yeah. Do it and, and be you consistent think with it. 
you think it's safe to invest in stocks at a brokerage firm as opposed to maybe some other type of vehicle that will grow exponentially? We know it's going to grow, but it has a you know a longer tail on it. Such as. Um, well, a mutual fund or something like that. And I know inside of mutual fund, it's, you know, but I'm not, I'm not talking about day trading. I'm not talking about no, a brokerage where I'm buying stocks in Nike. I'm talking about more of a mutual fund, something that, you know, has stocks floating inside of it. Is that recommended versus just buying a stock? You could do a combination. Mm -hmm. It's going to come down to the level of experience mm -hmm. the parent has, or if they have an advisor, have the advisor help them do that. Um, if they love one stock, God bless, right? Right. Because we don't know what will happen in the future, but having a mutual fund or an ETF or an S&P 500, something like that could be a better alternative. It could be. Yeah. yeah. But um, educating yourself because if you don't know it's something great for you too because your future is going to depend on where you put your money as well so it could right. be a blessing for everyone in the family what do you think about just plain old savings accounts these days they serve a purpose for emergencies mm -hmm. i love to really understand what where someone's money should go mm -hmm. or where could it go to make yourself money. So the three questions that I ask myself before I spend money are, number one, before I buy something, can this make me money? Mm -hmm. Could this appreciate? So if you buy a pair of shoes, are you going to make money from this? Unless Probably it's an NFT. <laughs> right, NFT. right. I mean, NFT is right. Right, right, right. Yeah. Um, Exactly, exactly. So that's something to ask yourself. Could this make me money? And the next question is, do I need this? Mm -hmm. And Jen, you and I both know you need your housing, you need your food, you need the things to live off of. So that's a pretty simple one. And then the third question is, if the answer to number two is no, if you don't need this, where could I put this money to make me money? Where could this potentially make me money? So Write down where your money is going, write down where you're spending, and ask yourself these three questions. That in and of itself is a great framework to kind of slow you down and stop you from spending money. It really, really does. Yeah, because it's not so fast, right? I mean, like I was saying, you know, the tendency is just click, 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 click. And I, you know, I found myself doing that too. I mean, I'll be, I'm always vulnerable anyway and, and honest about all this, but um, you know, I'll see an ad and go, oh, I think I want one of those. I'll be, you know, I travel a lot and I go, ooh, what kind of baggage is that? And I have so many bags, right? My husband's like, are you kidding me? You have all these backpacks. So you need all these bags? Yeah, I do because that was cool. And I like the logo and I like that, whatever, you know? And, um, and so we tend to buy these things on a whim. We're just, you know, instant gratification, right? Instead of having a little patience. And so I started just putting, and then I was doing this on Amazon. I was like buying buying, buying, and occasionally I'd get two things in a box, but generally there'd be six boxes, right? And I'm thinking, my right. gosh, you know, look at the waste of the, the, you know, gas to get, I live on 21 acres in the middle of nowhere. So, I've, you know, all the waste of money to come over here and 
Um, and then I learned that Amazon has a give back thing. So I started putting the things that I bought before on a whim that I didn't use. I don't even know what it is because it didn't come with instructions. I can't understand what I even bought and putting it back in the box and giving it back to Amazon to give to yeah. somebody for a charitable donation. I mean, it just becomes this vicious circle. So I started saying, okay, I want that. I want that. I'll put it in my cart. And then I sleep on it. And the next morning I look at it and go, okay, I really don't want that. I really Great. didn't yeah. need that. Right. And that's really, really helped me um, to stop spending frivolous things that you see on a whim and you're like, ah, it's 12 bucks, no big deal. But it adds up. It sure does. Habits. It's so, all about habits. Yeah. So I love that that you said, you know, these three questions, and I'm going to reiterate them again is can I make money? Right. Can I make money with uh, the thing I want to get, whether it's a stock, a mutual fund, an NFT, a pair of shoes, whatever? Um, can I make money with this? And if the answer is no, then where can I put this money so that I can make money? So that the question can be answered as, can I make money with this? Yes. Exactly. Yeah. Does it have the possibility, the capability to earn you money? And that comes down to the cash flow. You and I both know cash flow is so important, but having a job is cash flow. That's part of your equation. Right. It's just how it's taxed. Yeah. That's something. Well, that's a, yeah. From. And that's a good point too, because one of the things that everyone needs to be looking at is, you know, as we have this, we're in an inflationary market right now. And there's a lot of changes that came out of January 1st of this year as we're recording this you know, and taxes have really changed. And so we need to be looking at, can I make money, but also could I lose half of it just because of the vehicle it is, or a third of it because of the vehicle that it's in. Um, so what are your thoughts on some of the things we need to be looking out for as far as um, tax implications for our investments? From a tax implication standpoint, if you're investing in 401ks, look to see if you have a Roth 401k option. And for those of you who do not understand this or know, when you do a traditional pre-tax 401k, you get your tax write-off now. And you might get a couple thousand dollars back at the end of the year and it feels good. But the reality is you gave the government a loan of your money during the whole year. Mm -hmm. And they're just giving you your money back. And if you opt to do the Roth 401k option, you're going to pay your taxes now. And traditionally, we're in a historically low tax rate environment. I know it doesn't feel like it, but in the 40s, the highest tax rates were in the 90%. Yeah. It's unbelievable. So we're in a traditionally historically low tax rate environment. So looking to do the Roth 401k or a Roth IRA could be incredible for you because your money grows tax-free. And if you play by the rules with the current tax laws, you get to withdraw that money tax-free instead of making it taxable in the future. Right, right. And um, the challenge on Roth IRAs is when you're talking about um, high-level, high high-end entrepreneurs is that we're capped all over the place. What's a solution for someone who's making over $250,000 in a W-2 to get out of all that tax, all those taxes. What are some solutions for that? So if you're a high wage earner, or if you and your spouse, your significant other are high wage earners, that's where looking at after-tax stocks and mutual funds and ETFs could be a good opportunity for you. 
or you look into other avenues like real estate, or you look into starting a business, or if you don't have one already, and understanding what those tax implications or tax benefits could be for you. Like in real estate, you and I both know you have depreciation. That could be a great opportunity to lower your taxes as well. So understanding how the game is played is really the key. Wouldn't you agree? It's like, how do you play the tax game? And I didn't think I was going to love talking about taxes um, in two, since 2008, since I've been in the industry, but it's really a treat. It's so much fun to talk about that. Right. So what is your expertise? I mean, you have, you know, we all have, like when I was in the mortgage business, I was in the mortgage business, but I had, you know, niches that I worked on. What is your true expertise the thing that you really, really love helping people with? So first and foremost, like I say this all the time, like I don't even think I'm an expert or a guru, anything like that. I just love simplifying people's money scenarios, their money life. And I love helping people create that retire as you desire lifestyle mm -hmm. because it gives you back your time. You're able to buy back your freedom by putting the pieces in place to allow you to have cash flow, yeah, to potentially have money coming in for the rest of your life. And if you have your time back, that's what it's all about. Yeah, The money allows you to do those things. Right. So that's really what I love doing the most is just simplifying people's money issues and making it work for them. Yeah, I love it. I love that too. And I think that's something that we're all looking for these days is simplification of everything that, you know, we're doing. I think we all are looking for a simplified way. And, um, you know, and again, financial literacy is something that we are so um, challenged with. You know, at least in our country, I don't know about other countries. I feel like it isn't taught in all countries. I think there's some that are better than others. So if someone wants to get a hold of you, what is the best way for them to reach the best way? I know you're on LinkedIn. I know you're on all these social medias, but what's the best way to get in touch with you quickly, get my questions answered to see if you're able to help? Email is the best way. Um, we're on that every single day. And the email is bill, B-I-L-L, at bloomfinancial.us. Pretty simple. And you have a podcast as well. So tell us about your podcast so that when they're finished listening to this, they can pop right over and listen to you. <laughs> well, I did have an exceptional guest on the show in you, Jen. So thank you again for being on, on my show. So it's called the Retire As You Desire podcast. I think you get the theme now, Retire As You Desire. Um, it's on all major platforms. We have a YouTube channel as well. If you love watching videos. So Please check us out, download the shows. We have incredible guests every Thursday. On Mondays, I do a five to 10 minute Money Monday um, episode just to give you ideas as to what's going on in current market cycles to try and help you with your money. That's great. Thank you. Thank you for sharing all of that. And last but not least, I love asking some of my guests, sometimes I forget just happens. It doesn't have to be the same, but I love asking, you know, uh, what mantra do you live by or quote, would you like to leave everyone with today? Mm -hmm. I love this part. Attitude of gratitude. Ooh. Attitude of gratitude. That's if it's impossible, it's impossible to be angry and grateful at the same time. Yeah. It's impossible. It's just impossible if you take the time to slow down, be thankful for what you have, that's what life's really about. 
It's not the next thing. It's about where you're at right now. Beautiful things happen with your family, with your friends, with the people around you, with your business, with your work. You just start to appreciate things much, much more than you ever would before. Attitude of gratitude. And there's a reason why those words are so similar to each other as well, if you think about it. Yeah, yeah. And I, I do think, I think that's terribly important, and especially uh, for those listening, you know, is that we may be saying, I don't have enough retirement. I'm not going to be able to retire as I desire. I need to make some changes. Just be grateful for the fact that you have income coming in or you have a job coming in. Be grateful that you have the means to be able to start saving, even if it's only pennies per month, start mm -hmm. saving, right? Start investing. So Absolutely. Yeah. That's beautiful. Well, again, Bill, thank you so much for being here with us today. Um, I really appreciate um, the time and I really appreciate being a guest on your show. That's so, it's so uh, important for us to do swaps in this industry, you know, to share our expertises. And I just want to say thank you to everyone listening. We always appreciate that. And please don't forget to give us a great five-star rating and make a comment about this show uh, so that we can continue to bring great guests, great content all the time. And it keeps us going. So until next Next time, I will talk to you then. You've been listening to Success to Significance with Jen Duplessis, the number one podcast for people wanting to give more value and make an impact. Loved this episode? Be sure to subscribe right now at www.jenduplessis.com S2S for more stories, strategies, and thoughts to help you gain significance and success. And if you like what we're doing, don't forget to give us a rating and review so we can continue to bring you the best content possible. Join us next week for another breakthrough episode. Thank you for listening.